Welcome to the Law Firm Growth Podcast, where we share the latest tips, tactics, and strategies for scaling your practice from the top experts in the world of growing law firms. Are you ready to take your practice to the next level? Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Law Firm Growth Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Jan Roos, and I'm here with a super quick tip, which is something I've been considering a bunch uh, in the process of writing the upcoming book, Beyond Intake. But really getting deep on the applications of a two-call close process, which we've recommended for years for our clients, but thinking about how to take some of the same elements that can set you up to really be able to close your own deals and applying that to helping referral partners close their deals. So let me kind of talk about some of the stuff that's got me thinking about this. And, and this is something that I've always tried to do. I might've gone over this, pod, uh, this story on the podcast before. You know, My first job out of college was working for a big value added reseller. So the company didn't actually sell anything. They would basically resell stuff like Microsoft or Microsoft's number one partner, HP, Lenovo, Cisco, whatever, you name it, anything within the world of, of IT. And they made it to the Fortune 500 doing that. So I had to get really, really good at being able to understand needs without knowing all of the technical speeds and feeds of a question that could come from a prospect. And bear in mind, we were dealing with IT directors, IT managers, you know, anywhere from 500 to 1,000 employees. So these were not slouches in, in that department either. But that was something that has served me personally in my sales career and something that I've, I've been able to transfer towards some of our coaching clients. And you know, first and foremost, not needing to know any answer in order to qualify things. And especially when it comes to delegating to staff that not, might not necessarily be attorneys is a huge world of difference to be able to have the confidence to delegate that really, really mind-numbing work of setting appointments. But anyway, going back to what this could potentially deliver in terms of referrals, if you guys have been paying attention, since you guys got your JDs, you are able to hand over any case to a client for co-counsel, depending on your state, probably between 20 and 33%. And there are so many attorneys that will get different needs. And again, if the, the wider of a net you're casting with your marketing, the more likely that you are to do this, but you have things that aren't necessarily in your wheelhouse. And there's a couple of different ways you can respond to somebody who might be requesting help in another practice area, or it's not your zone, or it's not your geography. And you know, most people will say, hey, I, I don't, we don't do that. Have a good one. Some people will say, all right, cool. Hey, like, let me send you so-and-so's information, or they'll refer them to the you know state bar chapter or whatever you have to do, right? But there's so many better ways to do this. And one of the huge advantages is if you can get good at teeing up referrals for potential partners, especially ones that will come up to you often, you could potentially get yourself set up for a co-counsel situation. And sometimes this can end up making more money than you know your main service, which is really, really cool. So to kind of get into what really makes a good referral, if you have the situation where you say, no, we don't do that, let me send you so-and-so's name, that really doesn't do too much. So we, you know, in the best case scenario, can tell so-and-so that they have a prospect coming their way. Um, in a slightly better scenario, we can connect them over email or make sure that there's a warm handoff. But the prospect really doesn't have any reason to follow up with that because we've just given them a name. And, you know, you're not really adding too much value beyond what they could potentially find on Google to get, cool, you need family law, I do estate planning law, you know, here's a guy who does family law, great. That might have worked 50 or 60 years ago, but, you know, we have more of a 
liquid market, let's say, for people who are looking for these kind of services. And it really helps to kind of distinguish that a little bit. A better scenario, and also, you know, let's think about it from the flip side. We don't know whether this is a peach of a case. We don't know whether this person has a case at all or can pay for anything or whatever. So from the point of the receiving attorney, it's really not a great situation either. If we're not really doing any sort of qualification, they could even get annoyed with you and just like, why are you sending me these bums? Like, this is a waste of my time. And then, you know, you're not only not getting any sort of a co-counsel rage, but you're pissing people off by sending them business, which isn't something you should do. So what I would recommend, and this is pretty basic stuff for anyone who's ever done a two call close process is see how far you can get in qualifying this prospect for whoever you want to be doing the referral for. So taking the example of, I don't know, a personal injury attorney, right? So let's say that you practice family law. Somebody comes in and be like, hey, by the way, I got hit by a car last week. Um, do you know anyone who can help me out with that? And also just take time to pause right now that it's really hard to kind of see the label from within the bottle. If you are an attorney, I have a hard time having worked with attorneys for as long as I have. But the average consumer really can, I mean, there's a certain segment of the population that just has no idea what attorneys do. And, you know, basically, if, you know, if they can get you off on a traffic ticket, they could defend you in the Supreme Court. They have no idea how these things work. So, so they see attorney and they just start listing off all kinds of problems that could even tangentially be related to the law. So again, there's reasons why you get those two. And you know, I won't go into like how this end up happening from a marketing perspective, because there's a million different ways. But let's go back to the example, right? So if you know the first thing about, you know, personal injury law, and again, this is coming from somebody who's not even a lawyer, you might ask, all right, cool. Hey, look, have you gone to the hospital? Was there a police report filed? Do you have bills to take care of? Were you at fault in this collision? Are you missing out on work because of this? These kind of questions that are super basic. And again, I just did that off the top of my head. You probably have more knowledge of how a practice area that's not your specific practice area is just by virtue of having gone to law school and passing the bar. But if you can even go through those basic steps, then you're already in a much better position when it comes time. And that's for both aspects of the party, right? So we're talking about so-and-so you're referring to and the prospect as well. So what that comes off to as the prospect is that you're making an educated decision based on their specific information. So even if you did zero edification of the person you're referring to, then they're already feeling like their needs are being met to some perspective. As a matter of fact, that's actually going to make your firm look well as well. So if they actually have a need that would serve you down the line, that's great. Or you, know, you can ask them for a Google review or something like that. It's just good for your branding in general. What you can do, and I, which I would recommend, that would be great, is that if you could go to the to when you're making the recommendation, even if you had your mind up before you do this, hey, look, based on what you're telling me, um, I know the best guy for that kind of a situation. His name's John Doe. He's been doing car accidents like that for years. So he'll take really, really good care of you. Now, when you make the introduction, the prospect's going to feel like they have to meet this. They're, you know, John Doe is all of a sudden way warmer in terms of what they'd be able to find on their own. And there's a reason to show up for that. On the flip side, now, when you're going to John Doe, you can give these basic details. And again, you know, don't worry about making this too complex. But if you say, hey, look, you got a guy who's got this, that, blah, blah, blah. You interested in this case? Yes. Now you make the warm introduction. And that's great. So he has more information to start off with. It's already off to a better start. There's a reason for the, uh, the prospect to show up to the appointment. The likelihood of that actually closing and being a case that you can eventually get a co-counsel from is skyrocketed. And you, know, you don't even have to be doing this for co-counselors. You just want to be a good attorney in the community or you're trying to build up some goodwill or you have some kind of a reciprocal referral arrangement. This is all fantastic from them. But at the end of the day, it's just being efficient. And like, you know, I think this might be the OCD in me, but it's just like, I really hate to see 
marketing leads go to waste. Even if it's not for you, it's for somebody else. But yeah, and like, if you want to take this a little bit further, you probably know based on, you know, your history, who, what kind of problems do people think you solve that you don't? If you can just go spend an afternoon finding one person that you could refer to for each of those problems, call that person, say, hey, I've been getting these. Could I send them your way? What are the major things that would make this a good case or a bad case for you, right? You can get three questions and ask those questions for them and then tee it up. It's great. And the other thing too, is if you have the situation where, you know, the person's calling about the car accident, for example, oh yeah, it was great. You know, it happened 15 years ago. You can say, well, that's not a case. I'm super sorry, but yeah, I don't think, yeah, you go ahead and try to do it. But like, frankly, you know, that's not really a case any attorney is going to take. So you're now saving the person that you're referring to from a pointless conversation. You're actually doing them a favor by saving them time and just make sure to let them down gently, of course. But um, it's just a better experience for everyone involved. So that will conclude it. So if you have the situation where you have a lead that's out of your strike zone, don't just do a blind handoff. Try to take an extra five minutes. And the chances of you actually connecting in a way that is going to result in somebody being retained is dramatically higher. So um, take that, run with it, guys. I'll let you guys go, but um, I'll see you all next week, Tuesday 8 a.m. on the Law Firm Growth Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Law Firm Growth Podcast. For show notes, free resources, and more, head on over to casefuel.com slash podcast. Looking forward to catching up on the next episode.